Thursday has arrived, and this time around it's September 3rd, 2020. And this is the latest episode of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out comes from a patron who just wants to say, vote, that's it, just vote. Vote early, take your friends to vote early, vote in person, vote early. Did I already mention that? He did. Twice now. He's got two more to go. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 1,126 cases of COVID-19 this morning for a total of 123,668 to date. There are another 11 deaths for a total of 2,652 to date in Virginia. Nationwide, there have been 184,083 deaths as of yesterday, according to the Centers for Disease Control. In Virginia, the statewide rate for positive tests remains at 7.7% for the third day straight. The Thomas Jefferson Health District reports another 47 cases today, with 33 of those from Charlottesville, 8 from Albemarle, 2 from Fluvanna, 3 from Louisa, and 1 from Nelson. There are 3 more deaths for a total of 56 in the district to date. The positive test rate for the district was not available at recording time. The end is near for Confederate markers that are currently outside the Albemarle County Courthouse in downtown Charlottesville. They will be dismantled on September 12th, but there will be no provisions for in-person public viewing. Doug Walker is the deputy county executive in Albemarle. On the 12th, that Saturday, the work we expect will begin around sunup. By the time the work is complete, either late that day or early on Sunday, Uh, We expect the statue, the cannons, the cannonballs, and the bays will all be removed. Walker said the restrictions due to COVID-19 means that the county will not have a public event, but a Facebook Live event will televise the entire removal, including lectures, interviews, and conversations about the statue and the future of Court Square. We think this will show that the the show will be compelling, uh, and we know that it will offer the best advantage to watch the removal happen in real time, and we appreciate the community's support in attending with us together, but from a distance. Supervisors will review offers to purchase the materials at a special meeting on September 8th. Localities in Virginia have only been able to consider removal of Confederate statues since a new law went into effect on July 1st. Yesterday, the United Way of Greater Charlottesville held its annual Lawrence E. Richardson Day of Caring, an event that began in 1992 as a way to promote volunteerism and charity. This year's event was a little different due to the pandemic, as explained by United Way board chair Juan Diego Wade at the kickoff breakfast. This is a very special day of caring, different one one we've ever held before. But it will be an amazing day Wade says needs are much greater this year due to the economic slowdown. It has been a challenging year for everyone, especially for the communities of color who have been disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. We all have seen the terrible impact of this pandemic, but our community has demonstrated that we can come together even in the socially distanced atmosphere to lend a hand to those who are most in need. This year, over 600 people volunteered and about 25 projects took place on September 2nd, according to Community Outreach Coordinator Anna Porter. She said in total, there are about 80 Day of Caring projects taking place this week, in person and virtually. Charlottesville City Schools begin their academic year on Tuesday with virtual learning. 
That's changed the dynamic for teachers who usually need to ensure there are enough school supplies to serve pupils in a given classroom. Now that teacher must make sure there is enough to cover for students spread across other spaces connected through virtual platforms. To help cover that cost and other costs, the parent-teacher organizations from across the city are raising funds in a joint effort. Chris Meyer is the co-chair of the Jacksonville Elementary School PTO. This is, of course, different than our, our normal school year and will require different sets of tools, uh, learning materials for students, and thus uh, increased costs and expenses that uh, all too frequently come out of teachers' own pockets. All of the city's PTO groups have come together to raise funds for what is known as the Ready to Teach, Ready to Learn CCS Reopening Fund. The funding will be split among city schools based on the number of students who were on free and reduced lunch. Proceeds can be used to cover the cost of internet, fees for virtual learning centers, as well as physical materials that teachers might consider necessary. We've already approved our first distribution. So again, the teachers and administrators will have resources available to them this week to purchase materials and so they can get those in the hands of, again, students and families and support them. The Charlottesville Area Community Foundation is providing administrative support for the effort. The owners of Edgecombe's Imported Auto have announced they will close the business at the end of September. The company began operations in 1979, and according to a blog post posted yesterday, business has been down sharply since the pandemic began. In a statement, the owner said that travel and commuting being at a minimum due to the pandemic has meant that revenue has not kept up with expenses. It goes on to state that, combined with changes in the industry that favor much larger operations, it became clear that, like all good things, Edgecombe's imported auto was destined to end. Today in meetings, the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission meets at 7 p.m. and will have a public hearing on an annual report that has the acronym CAPER. That stands for the Consolidated Annual Performance and Evaluation Report, and it takes a look at how federal funding for affordable housing projects has been spent in the city of Charlottesville and surrounding counties. The TJPDC will also approve a plan for Nelson County to use $350,000 of its CARES COVID-19 relief funding for a grant program to provide relief for small businesses. There is also the possibility that the commissioners will publicly announce the purchase of property for new offices for the TJPDC. At 5.30 p.m., the developer of a proposed 181-unit residential community in the Fry Spring neighborhood will hold a community meeting for a proposed rezoning. And that's it for today's installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast. If you have enjoyed listening to this program, please forward it on to somebody else that you think might benefit from the news and information. I'd also like to hear from you about what you think about the program and what would you contribute if you were asked to do so. Soon, I am hoping to produce some interesting programming such as that. But for now, stay safe out there and we'll be back tomorrow with another installment. Thanks for listening.